This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Let's go to our foundational scripture in Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to remind us, I think we're in lesson 6, I think. And uh, But you, you should know if you're following. And in this series, we've been identifying some things about ourselves and, and getting ourselves prepared. God has been preparing us now since last year, getting us a preparation, preparing us for his next move, and preparing us for what is to come. And some things have already came, but something else is coming. Amen. And here in Hebrews 11 and 7, this has really been our theme scripture, and we've been dealing with Noah. We've been taking him as our example. In Hebrews 11 and 7, it reads, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of of things not seen as yet. Now Now, that's how God works. So if you want to say, well, she keeps saying that, well, this is, let's read it again. By faith, nor being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Uh, We we wouldn't, this wouldn't change the scripture. We said, by faith, nor being warned of God of what's coming next. He didn't see it, but he was warned of God of what was coming next. He moved with fear. Prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. We've learned a lot about Noah. We've learned that Noah prepared in advance. He did advance planning. He had a plan, and he worked the plan. It's no, you know what, it, it, people love to say, you know what, I sat down and I made a plan. Yeah, but have you worked the plan? See, everybody gets excited about a plan written up or a plan shown, but have you worked it? Because it's nothing but writing on paper or saying out of your mouth until you work the plan. And this is what we see Noah doing. He worked the plan. And when I say work the plan, he was ready to deal with any adversity that was coming his way. And you know what? He was prepared for that. We want to just make a plan and don't even know what's next and what's coming. But he was ready to deal with adversity that he was going to face. So the question is for us, not whether Noah was prepared, but are we prepared? That's what we need to ask ourselves. We need to be prepared, we said, to, for this whole process of restoration. And it is a process. Everybody say process. Because a lot of times we think restoration, when we say something is going to happen, that it's gonna, you're just going to wake up one morning it's going to be. But, you know, it's a process. And we are, we are prepared to restore the breaches in our, are you? The breaches in our lives, the breaches in our family, the breaches that have been in our families for years, the breaches that are in our own personal home, you need to be prepared for those. And then we said that you need to be prepared to, to be able to be restored in those broken places, in those places of repeated failure in your life. We, you you want to be prepared to 
handle all of that because when God's next move, all of this has to be behind you. All of this has to be taken care of. And this is your part. This is your part to do. You have to be prepared to do that. We were said we need to be uh, ready and to establish our houses on the principles of God, our principled house, on the principles of the Word of God. We said the intent of this, se- this uh, series is to keep us focused. And that has been my purpose throughout this pandemic, is to keep us focused. Focus on the work that we were doing before the pandemic, focus on the work we're doing while the pandemic, and focus on the work that is to come that we need to do. We need to stay focused. That's what's so hard for God's people is to stay focused. Our purpose is for us to maximize this dispensation or this time that we're in. God only allots us a span of time, and God gives it to us, and we must maximize it. Get every ounce of all the way up to the minute, the second. Get all of that, that time that he gives. Use it. Maximize it. And we said the goal of this teaching is to make sure that we're prepared for what comes next, spiritually, naturally, and financially. And God has been dealing with us about financially. Amen. And then we, in our first lesson, we asked the question, are you awake? And we said it is essential that you be awake because you can have your eyes wide, wide open and not be awake. It's essential that we be awake. And we said when you are awake, you're aware of the times. You're aware when you're awake. You're aware of the times that you're in. You are where you're able to respond. You are alert. You're alert of temptations that come. So if you so you have to ask yourself and, and then you'll find out if you're awake. Am I aware? Am I alert? And can I respond? Can I respond when God corrects me? Can I respond when I'm instructed? See, those are the things you need to ask yourself, and then you'll find out if you're prepared. Because if you're missing in these areas, I'll guarantee you're missing in other areas. If I'm not aware of the times that I'm living and everything that's going on, the spiritual climate that we're in, I'm not prepared. If I'm not, if I get all into a quandary about anything that God tries to correct me by, and let me tell you, and when God is correct, He's going to correct you through authority. And so if you get offended by that and you're upset about that, you're not prepared. Amen. And then I told you that because you desire something, that means that your heart is ready. Because we asked the question, the second one, is your heart ready? Many of us desire a lot of things, but your heart is not ready. Your heart is And I told you that you'll know, you'll know that your heart is ready because it's when you're strong and courageous. And you become strong and with courage and courageous when you have knowledge. We've talked about all of that. And when you can make tough decisions, because you're not going to live in this world without making tough decisions. You're not going to pass. You're not going to bypass it. You're not exempt. Everybody's got to come to a point at some point in your life, you're going to have to make tough decisions. And I said that plural. Because it's not going to take make one tough decision and that's it for life. You're going to have to make tough decisions all through your life. Amen. Then we ask, are we prepared to make commitment? And we said that now commitment is, is something totally different. I'm telling you, Christians these days are 
You know, I'm going to call them Christians. I'm not going to call them believers because believers know how to stay put and believers know how to be committed. But Christians, that's one thing that they have, they suffer with, and that is commitment. And we said commitment is when I'm ready to make a pledge. And a pledge is when I give, I'm, I give my word as security for my actions or exchange for my actions. So commitment and then we said all commitments are to God. Just know that. Please know that. In every situation that's brought upon you, when it's time to make the commitment, know that it's not to a person. It's to God. It's not to a situation. It's not to a company. It's not. It's always to God. Amen. And then we said, are you ready or prepared to take on the assignment and be faithful with the commitment? Um, commitment. And then we said, Can't, are you ready to be imprisoned? Because that's what commitment is, is to imprison you to that which you've committed to. And let me tell you, everybody, let me tell you, everybody that have gotten married or have, are in marriage, let me tell you, you are imprisoned. You made a commitment to that. You made a commitment that so tell your mind to settle down and stop wondering here and there and stop and stop trying to be depressed and stop trying to do everything other. Listen, you're committed. Did you hear me? Your word is just security when you said I do. And that was to God too, because guess what? Marriage is God's institution. Amen. And then we said about being in prison, you know, you have to give up your freedom voluntarily. God, I am a slave to you. I give up my freedom to you. I give myself over to you. And then we talked about, are you prepared to obey? Are you ready to obey? And, uh, and, and let me tell you, when you are obeying, that's when you have faith. People like to just say the words and they, you know, name it, claim it, and decree and declare it. But let me tell you, your faith lies in your obedience, not in what you quote. And that's been so sad for a lot of people. They think, yeah, I can just quote something. No, no, no. When you have faith, you have to first believe that he is. Not that he just exists, but that he is. You have to believe his word it's his will and his instructions are true. You got to believe that. Because if you're going to obey, you have to be ready to obey with a willing mind. See, no forced obedience. You have to have a willing mind to obey. I want to obey. I want to obey. Now, if that body don't want to act right or that situation right, well, you force and make it. But you have to get to a point where it's just a willing mind. And you don't care what's going on around you. I'm going to obey. Amen? And then we said we started asking, uh, am I prepared to set things in order? Mm. That's what we dealt with last last week. Am I prepared to set things in order? Set things in order means simply means to straighten it out. Am I ready to straighten it out? Whatever it may be. Amen. But in order for us to be prepared, in order for us to establish our homes and restore the breaches in our families. We're going to have to, you know, we, we can't work around this. You're going to have to go full force. You're going to have to straighten some things out. you got to straighten some things out with your children. You got, And you know what? God's people are very, uh, they tend to be weak in this area when it comes to their children. But God is saying straighten it out. 
I got you. Don't you worry about your, you know, your children don't like it or do like, you got to straighten it out. That's setting things in order. Amen. And then to set things in order, I must confront some things. That can, and you have to confront some things because some of the things that are happening around you and in your family is causing failure. And you have to confront. And you don't have to confront in an ungodly way, and we dealt with that. Uh, no, that, that's not the way to confront. You don't un- confront ungodly and, and, okay, well, let me let them be straight. Let me confront them about this now. No, that's not the way God is. You confront, you confront with the truth of the Word of God. You um, Let me tell you, because you see the failure, it should be easy for you to do that. Amen? And you can do that. And so we're going to just move forward now. If you got all of that, and because that was just a recap, go with me, if you will, to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Where am I? Chapter 1. Well, actually, yes. And subtitle this one, if you will. I debated about this, but this is what you need. Am I prepared for the challenge? Write it down. Am I prepared for the challenge? Listen, you can desire something. Say you're going to do something. You can say if something happens, uh, uh, you can count on me. You can do all of that. You can say that you're ready to be commitment. But if you're really, really not ready, and you're really, actually, you're really not ready until you're able and prepared for the challenge. Everybody say challenge. There will always be a challenge. And you're not going to be, ever be able to do anything without a challenge. You want to prepare yourself for the next move of God by getting this in order. Understand, this that preparation that God is doing, it's not going to come without having some challenge. Even the things we've been teaching, that's, it's been a challenge because it, God has to get you to pray. Everything, you're going to have challenges and you have to be prepared to meet them. If you really want to restore the breaches in your life, that restoration process is not going to come without a challenge. Are you prepared for the challenge? If you want to establish a plan for your life, listen, there's no spiritual, natural, or financial plan that you can establish without first going through the challenge. That's why just that little month that we did, and everybody got excited about that little stimulus, you, you, it challenged you those 30 days. It was a challenge. <laughs> so anything that you're going to try to establish is not going to come without challenge. If you want to establish a principled house, there's no way to establish a principal house without a challenge. See, you know that thing where you're trying to establish a principal house and your children go against it. A challenge. Or your children got a different idea about it. 
That's just one. But whatever it is you're going to have to go through is not going to be without challenge. Amen. Listen, you can't live life without challenge. You can't live life without challenges. This morning I need you to just learn and I need you to hear this morning. Did you hear me? I need you to learn and hear. As I, as I unpack this for you, I want you to learn and hear. You cannot live without challenges. And let me make that just a little clearer so you will know. Um, let me make it just a little bit clearer so you will know. The longer you live, the greater the challenge. See, it ain't like, okay, well, I got a little challenges now. The older I get, it's going to be. No, no, no. The older you get, the greater the challenge. The challenge do not come easier as you age. The challenge grows with your age. Did you get that? You can't live without challenges. And so now that you know that, and I'm, keep, I, I'm going to keep repeating it, then why would you ever be surprised from this point on when you face a challenge? Because I just told you, everything is going to come with a challenge. Now watch this. I'm not prepared until I am prepared to for the challenge. I have to say that again. I want you to get that one and drive that home. Church challenges are going to come to all of us. You can't miss it. You're going to always have a challenge. The question is, what are you going to do and are you going to be able to handle it when the challenge arrives? Now, here's the key. And, you, and you're going to have to listen to me real closely. Uh, my oldest son... Uh, when he was working away from home and stuff, and I would take the children to soccer practice. And one day it was just pouring down raining. It was just raining, raining, raining. And this just came to me when I was studying this out. And, and, and little Isaiah, he loves it. He loves it. And so, and so he was like, well, madam, are we going to do this in rain? But listen, I told him, I said, this is what we're going to do, Isaiah. I said, don't worry about the rain. I said, when Madam get out, I'm going to step out and I'm going to be in the rain with you. So, Because if you could play in the rain, I could stand in the rain. I don't have an umbrella. I was really saying it because I didn't have an umbrella with me. So I said, I'm going to stand in the rain with you. And if you, you, you just play, you just, all you do is just look at the ball. Don't worry about the rain. Just do, just do, just, just play ball. And let me tell you, he was running and doing it, and I was wet, and he was too, but he was doing his deal, and he was kicking, and he was doing that. And the little young guy, Coach, he said, what happened to him today? He did. I got his mind. I told him, I said, it doesn't matter what the other children are thinking about. You're not thinking about the rain. They might be thinking about the rain, but you don't think about the rain. I said, you just think about just getting that ball. And his little legs was running, and he was doing that. And the coach said, he really did good today. What happened to him? What? I said, well, he just was focused. And the rain wasn't a challenge because I got his mind off of that. And I told him, don't worry about that. You're coming to play soccer. 
Just worry about kicking that ball. Listen, listen, church. Challenges are going to come to all of us. I'm going to tie this up for you. The question is, are you going to be able to handle it when the changes are around? Now, here's the key. I'm going to give you the key. What does the key do? It unlocks the door. Actually, I'm going to give you a skeleton key. That means it's going to lock every other area of your life. You know, the skeleton key will open everything. So I'm going to give you a skeleton key. But you're going to have to listen very carefully to know how to operate the skeleton key. Everybody say, I want the key. I hope your heart is right, because you could desire something. The challenge is never the thing that you're doing. The challenge is always going to be your focus. Your focus. See, his challenge was not soccer. His challenge was not the rain. His challenge was he became not focused after it was raining. Go back to the example. The challenge wasn't the rain. The challenge was staying focused. Focus on the task at hand. You've got to stay at the task in spite of the fact that it was raining. See, focus on the task. Many times and oftentimes we misidentify what the challenge is. <laughs> the challenge to do a good work is, listen, stay in focus. It's not the work. Stay in focus. Ooh, I want you to get, Church of the Water, you better get this. And where we struggle the most, and I see as humans, is staying focused. That's a big struggle. And everything that arises is designed to get your focus. To steal your focus. That's what is going on. See, we well, no, 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 the devil is alive, not getting my car. The devil don't the devil don't drive. The devil don't want your car. He just uses that to get you off focus. It's designed to. And what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to be ready. You're going to have to meet the challenge by staying focused, no matter what else is going on around you and around us as a ministry. No matter what's going on around us, we must stay focused. In other words, let's say if you were playing basketball, you have to keep your eyes on the ball. Don't, you don't keep your focus on the rim. You keep your focus on the ball. <laughs> and then this, this is good. And when you keep your focus on the ball, you don't, everybody say I don't, let the defender, the crowd, the cheerleaders, whatever, you never let it get you all focused. Because then you're going to lose. Don't let anything take your focus away from the assignment that you have given. 
So at Church of Living Water, the assignment God gave us when our founding pastor transitioned, he told us to arise and build. You cannot take your focus off that. You cannot take your focus. No matter what we teach, you cannot take your focus off the fact that we're wall builders. How many of you have been focused on that? So you lose it, and it's a distraction, some distraction. The pandemic come in, and I done lost sight. And, it's, and guess what? Again, the, 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 uh, the distraction is not the pandemic, it's your focus. See, things around us distract us, and oftentimes we think that the distraction is the challenge. The distraction is never the challenge. Get that? The distraction is never. You know, when we look at, mm-hmm, yeah, they're just trying to distract me. That's not your challenge. Your challenge is just the fact that you are noticing that that's your, you're already off focus. So the challenge is, can I stay focused? When I'm faced with a distraction. Church, you have to get this. You have to get this down on the inside. I'm telling you, you have to get it. Church of the living water for where God has taken us, you've got to get this. Why? This, what I'm about to teach and unpack for you, you because this is going to guide us through this whole message. And all the messages that we hear. In our marriage that's coming up, in the Beatitudes, in understanding about death, you must stay focused. And understand that this challenge is staying focused. It's, and this is, this, is what, now this is where you can clear your head. You can clear your head. Understand this. The challenge is staying focused on the original instructions. The original, because see, after the original instruction, many things are going to come your way. But you must stay focused on the original. What is it that God said? The challenge is staying focused no matter what hardship you may feel is happening around you. And all of us got hardships that are around us. The challenge is staying focused no matter what opposition you may Experience. You may experience some opposite, but you still must stay focused. Are you following me? I want you to get this. So let's unpack it one at a time, one point at a time. Write it down. I'm prepared for the challenge when point number one, when I stay focused on the original instructions. Simply put, what did God say before the distraction came? See, before there was a distraction to try to steal your focus, there's something that God said. There's something that God said before the distraction came. What did God say before the distraction? What did God say before there was something trying to steal your focus? See, that's what you got to remember. What did God say? Example. Let me give you an example. January 2020, I laid out for us the original instructions from God. 
what it was that God wanted to do. And I don't know if many of you remember this, but I told you that God didn't save Noah from the flood. Noah saved his house. Obedience that Noah had saved his house. I said that God warned Noah, but Noah saved his house by obeying. Listen, when I said that, many months ago in 2020, there I said that before the pandemic. Are you with me? I didn't know, and you didn't know, that a few months later, we were going to be in a major distraction in the form of a pandemic. But listen, the focus have not changed from in the beginning of 2020 for me. I told you all my goal. Go all the way back. And I told you that I wanted to prepare us each individually and collectively prepare our life and making sure that we were ready to do when, to be ready when God's next move was and to do what God would have us to do and to be what God would have us to be. Listen to me. I told you all that we cannot minister to someone else and make them whole unless we, we become whole first. We need to be whole. I'm just bringing back to your remembrance, and it's for a reason. I shared with you before the pandemic that this year was about developing and strengthening this church individually as well as collectively. And that was before COVID. The distraction. Now, if you go back and you think about every message and everything that have been done throughout the year, listen, this year, I have not strayed. I have not strayed that focus. I refuse to allow this church, us as a church, to focus on anything different from what we started January prior to the pandemic. That's how the teachings are set up. Now watch this. The pandemic has come. The church building is closed. We're all watching at home. Things look different. The order of worship looks different. Different services look different. All our services. How we come to church is different. But instead of getting distracted, I used the fact that you're sitting at home to tighten it. I want to tighten that focus. That's why the teachings are going forth. Because now that you're sitting at home, you have no choice but to do the assignment. See, you're sitting at home now. Listen. But now that you're sitting at home, You're having to deal with the breaches in your family because you're sitting there with it now. 
Now that you can't go anywhere. Oh, now everybody's getting vaccinated. We think we can move around a little. But we're still under restrictions. And so as, as, as we're going on in that, we still got to tighten our focus even more. Church, you have to understand this. COVID is not the challenge. Stay in focus is. What am I staying focused on? The original instructions. I have to stay focused on the original instruction. And that becomes a challenge when you're distracted. When COVID came, it took our minds off of all the things and all of the other things that had to do with God. And we put our mind on things that had nothing to do with God. And this morning I want you to go back to over a year and a half. And I want you to go back to your early notes. And I want you to look at what, and, and, and just see, what did God say? See, you don't take notes just to have. Go back and say, what did God say? And make sure that you focus on what God said. Don't let anything distract your focus. This is what Paul was ministering to Timothy in 2 Timothy, starting at verse 5. And I'm going to read a while, not a while, but join with me. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelled, dwelled First, in thy grandmother Lois, and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is thee, it's in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Do not thou therefore... Ashamed, uh, be, thou, be not there, thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But he, thou, but be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works and according to his own purpose and grace, which hath given in given us. In Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Verse 11 Whereunto I am appointed a preacher, and an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 14. That good thing which hath committed 
which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in you. Now this is so rich. It really is rich. You need to go back and read that 5 to 14. Just read it over. It's very rich. We're going to take this passage of Scripture and we're going to unpack it a little bit more. A little bit at a time, church. A little bit at a time. Watch this. I am prepared for the challenge when letter A, I know who I am. That is when I know who I am in Christ. When I know I am created by Him. I was saved by Him. I was given purpose by Him. I have to know who I am. Listen, too often, listen, too often, way too often, when we have distraction arises in our lives, we forget who we are. We lose our focus because we forget who God has called us to be. We forget what God called us to do. We forget, just through distraction, that we were saved by His grace. We forget that the commitment we made was to Him. Because the distractions all around, the challenges around. Hmm. I'm just reminding us this morning to get back to who you are. Some of you have allowed everything since this pandemic that's going on around us to cause us to forget who we are. You're making all kind of wrong choices because you're not focused. The challenge is your focus. It's going on around. Well, let's do this. Well, let's do that. Just all focus. See, you have to ask yourself, in March of 2020, I could remember before March of 2020, you were people that trusted God. <laughs> you were people that trusted leadership. And we trusted each other. Now ask yourself, are you the same person that God called to be here and to do a work in what he's been dealing with in March are you the same person before March? Are you that person now? Or have you become something other than what God has created you to be because of the challenge? All focus. Because, see, before March of 2020, you were telling people how bold you were, how uncompromising you were. So, are you the same person? on May 2nd than you were before March of 2020? Or have you allowed yourself to be distracted by the things that are happening around you and making decisions based on things that are happening around you? Because before last March in 2020, you were committed, cemented, born again, spirit-filled, member of the church. But now, you're sitting, streaming in your pajamas. You turned on the stream late. You're planning to log off early. See, see this, this way you need to find out if you're the same. You're half paying attention now. You get distracted by some, you know. Are you someone else other than who you are? 
Listen, you you have to be. You have you got to be it focused. And the only way to be focused is you have to remain who you are. See, you done lost it. You got to remain who you are. Watch this. I haven't, for me, I haven't stopped preaching. But you've stopped listening. Well, let's say it this way. You stop listening with the same intensity that you used to have. Now that you're home. Distraction. That same intensity you used to listen with, you don't have it anymore. I haven't slowed down my preparation. I'm still in prison, in my office at home. The same way I used to. But somehow you're not translating, listen, your house unto Bethel, the house of God. You're not tra- see, you're not doing it. You're not translating your house any longer into Bethel, the house of God. And now for the streaming, you're making it a television program instead of the rhema word to live by. Have you become distracted? Ask yourself. Do you no longer know who you are? Because remember, you didn't get dressed when you came in here for people, did you? (laughs) You got dressed and came in here because you wanted to please God. Have you forgotten who you are? Have you allowed yourself to be distracted? Ask yourself. See, I'm not prepared for the challenge until I remember who I am. Listen, I'm prepared for the challenge, let it be, when I am unashamed of what God said. Remember what God said. And what God said is the will of God for you. And we've got to stop being ashamed of what God told us to do. We can't be ashamed based on how it looks. We can't be ashamed based on what people think. Listen, we can't be ashamed because we think that everybody else is doing something else and I'm, we're not doing something. You cannot be ashamed. Listen, everybody else didn't call us. Everybody else didn't save us. You have to go back to what God said to you. Now, now I'm going to move on. That was waste my time. Church, let's go on. I am prepared to stay focused, let us see, when I'm fully persuaded. What do I mean fully persuaded? Like when Paul said that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him. I am fully persuaded that God is able to keep the things that I've committed to. God is able to keep it. There are things that I have committed to God, and I'm fully persuaded that God is able to keep what I have committed to him. And church, I'm prepared for uh, the challenge let us see when I can remember what I have been taught can you remember what you've been taught 
How many times when a distraction arrives, we have completely forgot everything that we've been taught? And listen, I'm not saying that you are in the greatest church in the world. And I'm not saying I'm the greatest pastor in the world. But there is one thing I know about this ministry. From our founding pastor to the pastor now. One thing that I can say that we have been taught well in this church how to handle difficult times. So if you're struggling with difficult times, it's not because you haven't been taught. It's because you're struggling to stay focused on what you've been taught. Not that you haven't been taught. And you will not be prepared for the next challenge and it's coming unless you can get to a place where you start remembering what you have been taught. Say, wait a minute, I remember what I've been taught. Church, I'm prepared for the challenge, second point, when I can stay focused through hardships. Look at verse 8. He said, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Church, let me say this, because I know a lot of ministers, they teach like, if you come in any hardship, you're in faith. But let me tell you, life is hard. Get that. Get that. Young people, get that. Life is hard. Life didn't get hard March 2020. Life was hard before that. It was hard before March. It's hard now. And guess what? It'll be hard next March. Life is hard. And you know what? We have to teach our children that life is hard. And I want you to know, those of you that are raising children and those of you that have children that are at home, listen to this. There is a difference in providing our children with unnecessary sheltering our children from reality. Because life is hard. Life is hard. Listen, life is made up of difficult times. They need to know that. Difficult choices. They need to know that. Difficult decisions. Difficult responsibilities. They need to know that. Life is hard. Paul said, I need to be a partaker's in the afflictions. Life is hard. Unfortunately, I was thinking about this and studying, and I think this happened about three generations ago, and, it, and it's been perpetuated for a while. I was thinking about it. Somehow we have allowed culture, and this is amazing. This is amazing. We have allowed culture to develop, you know, and, you know, well, first of all, I'm going to speak to my community, 
Okay? I'm going to speak to my community for a moment because I'm a member of the African-American community. So I'm going to speak to you for just a minute. It's amazing to me how a group of people would get their children, they prepared their children to endure slavery. They prepared them to endure slavery. But now, have you noticed our children can't endure anything? Why is that? It used to be, I'm telling you, the generation, they would prepare them what was coming and how to endure and how to do it. All of a sudden, we have children that can't handle anything without medication. Why? What happened? How can we be the same people, the same people that could endure everything? As in slavery, they endured everything. Who now can endure anything? We have to stop, listen, we have to stop raising children to be so soft that they can't handle any of the issues of life. I started smiling when I saw on Facebook uh, Sarah's dead or was with her or she was there, she was changing a whole battery in her car. You gotta, you gotta train, I don't care who it is. I don't even know how to do a battery in the car and I don't even know how to change a flat tire. We cannot keep raising children that can't, that's just soft and can't handle any of the issues of life because life is full of issues. Life is full of challenges. We have to teach our children that life is hard, which means that you have to accept the, that life is hard. Listen and stop trying to dodging, start dodging every hard thing because life is difficult. You're, gonna, you're not going to outrun it. You're not going to outdodge it. It'll catch you. That's what life is. I was thinking about it, looking at, you know, the animal channel. I didn't pick that up. Well, I used to look at it with my husband, but, and he likes to look at it. But, you know, you, 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 in order for a bird to live, they have to crack their own shell. The mother does not help the, the, the bird to crack the shell. And the reason that is because if the bird can't crack the shell, how is he going to live in life? They do not help. You don't see the, doc, the, the bird fumbling with them. They, they, they keep them on. And let me, as a matter of fact, if one is cracking, the mother steps back and let them just crack out until they crack the shell. If they can't crack the shell, how are they going to make it in the world? And some of us, we've opened the shell for our children. We do everything for them. We do everything to protect them from everything. Shield them from everything. Do their homework for them. Read all their papers. Correct everything. Fix everything. Fix every paper for them. Everything. 
I like Sister Martin Sr. and Brother Martin that's in heaven. How they dropped Mr. Martin off, that tickled me so. I mean, freshman in college, figure it out. Life is hard. He figured it out. He's an engineer today. He figured it out. They, I mean, they're not doing, they wasn't doing any of that. Like, you can do it. Life is hard. Now, now I don't want you, none of you children to think, okay, well, see, just let me do everything on your own. No, 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 there's a balance. <laughs> see, because then we want to, just, just let me do it. No, 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 no. Your parents know you as well. So I want to balance that out for you. And these days, your parents need to take you to college and drop you off because you haven't been prepared to do anything. Just, just let me do it on my own. Just let me do it. They'll know when it's time for you to do it on your own. It's too late. They cracked the shell for you. You're in it now. You loved every minute of it. But now when you want to try to get wow, you want them to back off. No. That, now they got to stay with you. But nevertheless, life is hard. God said, throw that in right quick. Whatever you was thinking, God just blew your high on that one. He just blew that. You was there. Oh, yeah, yeah I can tell you. Well, I can just do this. No. No, no, no. You, you're not even prepared. Amen. So now we wonder why our children can't do anything. Because we didn't let them learn that life is hard. Ooh, I just can't get enough saying that. Church, life is hard. And listen, if you're going to stay focused through hardships, you have to look at some point. Listen, and under this point, let me do, now it's going to get real dicey because I'm going to get a little bit stronger. So hold on and bear with me and you'll be okay. I'm prepared for the challenge when I'm not governed by fear. We have some tough points coming up. Listen, right now in this country, all news, everybody say all news. Say all news. All news is designed to produce fear. Fear of color. Fear of party. Fear of a person. All news right now is designed to create fear. Why? Because fearful people can always be manipulated. So we got to plant fear. That's how we manipulate. And all news right now is trying to manipulate the opinion of people one against another. It's them. It's those people. They're the problem. People of that color, they're the problem. Oh, people over there, they're the problem. Oh, no, it's that party over there. They're the problem. Oh, you know what? 
you all know that guy over there that was he, that was was our problem <laughs> and you all know that was but it was all designed to put fear because if I can make you afraid I can manipulate you to my point of view who get that if I can get you fearful, I can manipulate you to my point of view. And as believers, we cannot be governed by fear. Fear, listen, fear paralyzes you. Fear stops you in your track. Fear steals your focus and places it on the object of your fear instead of the instructions of your father. I'm going to say that again. Fear paralyzes you. Fear stops you in your track, steals your focus, and places it on the object of your fear instead of the instructions of your father. Church, listen, fear causes you to make bad decisions. You gotta listen to me this morning. Listen like you never listened before. It causes you to make, fear causes you to make bad decisions. And I can feel, even now while I'm talking, I can feel people, I know you don't believe it and that's okay, but I can feel, feel people fear me telling them not to fear. What? What? You, you, like, what, what? I mean, we gotta know. That is how fear for we have become. That you even fearful to hear, not to fear. That's how fearful we've become. The very concept of not being governed by your fear is fearful to you. That's why you want to talk about it all the time. That's why you want to go and look at the news all the time. Feeding into your fear. Being manipulated. Being manipulated into what their point of view. That's why I look at little, I look as little news as I can. I look at it to keep up with the climate spiritually, but I don't hang on that thing every night, every morning, listen to it. No, because it will manipulate you and it's going, and then the fear. Oh Lord, I'm scared to go to the store. I'm scared to go here. Fear. Oh, somebody just went and just shot up a, a spa. Now nobody want to go to the spa. Fear causes you to make bad decisions. So the very concept of us being governed by fear has already made you fearful. You don't want to give up that fear because you've been manipulated. And because over the last year, they've used that to get your fear aroused. And it's aroused up. And so for your pastor to come and say that you need to fear not, and the Heavenly Father telling you over 365 ways in the Bible to fear not, We still want to fear. Paul is telling Timothy that God had not given him the spirit of fear. All of that is hard to digest for us, for some of us. 
this morning. Why? Because we have allowed, listen, fear to become our faith. So it's hard for me to grab it. Fear has become my faith. And we put more faith in our fear than what God says. More faith in that. We put more faith in our fears than His original instructions. And if I'm going to be prepared for the challenges, and the challenge is staying focused, I cannot be governed by fear. Or you will not be focused. And I want to, I must say this because I like to bring balance to everything that we're teaching. I'm not, I'm not telling you to be careless. And I'm not telling you to be reckless. None of that. I'm not telling you to be reckless. That is, I'm, and that's what's happening now. That's what's happening now. You're either fearful or you're reckless. You either, you know, you're either fearful or you're doing something dangerous. And that's not what I'm telling you to do. And if you think about it, you know, just, 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 you're fearful or you're being dangerous or you're just, just being reckless or something. But, but know, know what this is. That's a kind of a false narrative. That false choice that have been created for you by the things, listen, it's a false narrative. It's been created by things you've been watching instead of the book that you've been reading. Or you should have been reading. Did you hear me? That false narrative is in you now with that fear because you have been watching on TV more than you've been reading this. And there's a difference. Now listen, there's a difference between respect and being afraid. Because I respect the pandemic. I respect the fact that COVID is there. I respect But there's a difference between uh, respect and being afraid. When challenges arrive, you got to know the difference between respect and being afraid. When hardship arrives, i got to know the difference. When COVID rolls, you have to have respect, but you can't be afraid. See, you always have to have respect for the warnings of God. Noah wasn't scared. He had respect for the warnings of God. And he took the warnings of God seriously. Nobody wants to take the warnings of God seriously. His fear caused movement. Different kind of fear than the one that paralyzed. His fear caused movement. Being afraid paralyzes you. There's a difference. His fear caused him to move. Being afraid caused you to be paralyzed. Listen, when you are in the midst of a hardship, you have to respect the fact that it's hard. You're going to have to uh, do some work in some hard times. But don't be afraid and scared to do the work. When you're in a situation that is a tough situation, you have to respect, have respect for the situation that you find yourself in, but you can't be afraid to address the situation. You can't be afraid of that. Listen, we are in the midst right now of a current of current distress in our country. 
We are in the midst of a pandemic. You have to have respect for this virus. Did you hear me? Whether you've had a vaccine or not, you have to have a respect for this virus. You have to have a respect for the fact that it can make you sick. You respect that. That's why we have rules that they are asking us to comply with. Wash your hands, wear the mask, don't go around because that that we that all that free. Well now I can go. See you're trying to you all you're trying to do is you 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 just want to go against what we're saying. I'm 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 balancing it out for you. You still gotta respect it. Just because the vaccine will keep you out of the hospital doesn't mean it, can't, it won't stop you from being sick. So being sick at home or being sick in the hospital, you're still sick. So I've got to respect the virus. But you can't be paralyzed. But you can't be paralyzed. So what do I do? I wash my hands. I put on the mask. I do the things that they tell me to do. Because we're in a pandemic, and then I get the moving. And then I get the moving. And you do the things you have to do. You can't paralyze, you can't stop. Then you get the moving and doing the things you have to do. Because life can't stop. And you just can't go somewhere and hide somewhere. And guess what? Just because you're in your house doesn't mean that COVID can't get in your house. You got to go to the grocery store. And this is what's so embarrassing for some of us that are paralyzed. Not, 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 not those that respect the but those that are paralyzed. This is, this is the, and I'm talking about believers that are paralyzed. You go out to the drugstore. You go to the grocery store. And if your doctor is taking client, they tell you to come in, you go to the doctor's office. You go to the hospital, and if you're sick and somebody has to call an ambulance, you're going to get in the ambulance and go to the hospital. You're going to go to the gas station, and there are people that don't even claim to know Jesus working. The ambulance, the gas station, they're not claiming to even know God the grocery store, and we're paralyzed. And we say we know him. They don't even claim to know him. And they're working. Yeah, but God said this and God said that. They're, they're, they're doing all the proper things, but they can't stop. We're afraid. The delivery people still dropping off your packages. Amazon still dropped. Amazon is not saying they claim to know God. No way. But they're still dropping off your packages. We're afraid. Listen, we're afraid and paralyzed, but guess what we expect? We expect the garbage man to come and pick up our garbage. You put the cans out there for them. We're afraid, but we expect the person to the drive-thru to give us our burgers and our shakes. See, we expect that. We, but, but yet we're paralyzed. We don't want to know. But, no. but, I, but those people that are working and doing those things, they don't claim to know God. Hmm. 
you call 911, you want that ambulance there to pick you up. And that person doesn't claim to know God. And guess what? You're sitting in your comfortable home, safe, every week. You, you're sitting at home every week, and you want a new message every week. And guess what? I come out of my house to give it to you. Because you expect it. But what if I was paralyzed? <laughs> Where would this church be this morning if I was paralyzed? I respect the virus. If I was curled up in a ball somewhere and said, oh my God, I'm so scared, where would this church be? There's a difference between respect and being scared, and we cannot be governed by fear, by being scared. We have to respect that we're face, what we're facing and what we have faith, but we can't be scared because we still have to do the will of God as well. Not just go to the store. You still have to do the will of God. We still have to move forward. We got to move our homes forward. We got to move this church forward. God has given us some assignments and we've committed to it and pandemic or whatever. And listen, we still got to do it. Now listen, it may have to be done and been modified a different way that we do it, but we still must go on. The instructions, we still have to obey, and we have to get it done. I'm prepared for the challenge letter B when I remember those who came before me. Mm. One thing I can say about those people that have come before us is they've done more with less. We look at our family. Let, you know what? Let's remember those that have come before me. I, I remember, I, I, when I was thinking about this, I remembered my mother. My mother that had six children and was a widow early in life. Six little children, never married again. And fed us all. And gave us all an opportunity to get educated. Did everything that she did. With much less than we have today. Those that come before us. Six children my mother had, but we didn't have six bedrooms. Six children with three bedrooms, and that was beside herself. Three bedrooms and one bath. People that have come before us have done so much more with less. Still today, I stand in amazement of my mother. I said, how did she do it? She could take a can of tomato sauce this big and not a half a, half a head of lettuce, a quarter. Not a whole tomato, a quarter of a tomato. And she could feed us and we were full. We threw away more stuff. She could chop. How did she do that? How did she make it stretch like that? She could stretch it. She could do more with less. Now we're living in our central air, central heat. Our fine cars doing less. 
I just thought about that and I just began to thank God for my mother. And I'm going to tell you, that was hard work because let me tell you, when my father died, my father died in September 1st. I was born in October. My mother had a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, and an eight-year-old when he died and then had a baby in October. You think I feel sorry for these singles that run around here with two children acting like they came here? My mother made it with six by herself and never brought a man into our house. Did more with less. We have to respect what we're facing, but we can't be scared. Amen. Listen. I'm prepared for the challenge that will be when I remember who came before me. Oh, I'm, I've already done this. See, I haven't even turned, turned the page. I'm just so caught up in that because I got real nostalgic about it when I was studying for it. And I said, you know what? My mother did so much more. But that's why she's well taken care of now. That's why she's well taken care of now because she took care of six children and she was strong. <laughs> Those that came before us, and I like what Paul said. He said, I look, at, look at your mother. Remember what he told little Timothy? Look at your mother and your grandmother. Look at the unfinged faith that they had. Look at it. He said, and I've determined that the same thing that's in them is in you. The, th the same thing of those that have gone before us is in us. They were undistracted and they moved with the will of God. I'm prepared for the challenge, let us see, when I can trust the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. He is the greater one. Have we forgotten that he's the teacher? Have we forgotten that he brings back to our remembrance the things that we need at the time we need? Have we forgotten when God gave us the Holy Spirit, he left us with peace? See, when distractions come, you forget all of that. He's left us with peace. Have we forgotten, we used to say it all the time, when something comes upon us, when something hard, have we forgotten that greater is he that is in us? than he that's in the world? Have we just forgotten that? We have to make sure that we're relying on the Holy Spirit that's on the inside. He dwells down on the inside of us. And then point number three, I'm prepared for the challenge when I can stay focused while facing opposition. I'm prepared for the challenge when I can stay focused while facing opposition. One thing I have learned in life is this. You cannot do a good work without opposition. Even on your jobs. That's why they keep calling you in. 
to do a good work because there's some opposition that's there, whatever. If it ain't working right, if it's just not doing the work the way you support, it's opposition. People as well. I said you cannot do a good work without opposition. Anytime you try to do a good work, you're going to face opposition. But I'm prepared for the challenge letter A when I, I can put opposition in perspective. That's what you have to do. Because you're going to face it. But you've got to put it in perspective. Pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, sometimes, sometimes, and a lot of times for believers, we give our opposition too much power and too much influence. We talk about it too much. As I was meditating on this message, I was thinking about my own life. And I began to pray. Seek God. And just studying and talking. And this is what God said to me. I'm just going to share it with you. This is, and, and, and I don't share everything that God shares with me, but I think this will benefit you. God gave me a visual of opposition in my life. Everybody say, in my life. And he said, and when you, when you give them this example, tell them it's the same in their life. Why? Because you're under this covering. He gave me a visual. He said, Alva, it's like a person taking a baby spoon. How many of you seen a baby spoon? All of you have baby No. He said, it's like a person taking a baby spoon and trying to empty a swimming pool. It's like a person, opposition for you. See, he, he was encouraging me. It's like, a, it's like somebody taking a baby spoon and trying to empty a whole swimming pool. He said, don't get preoccupied. Because no matter how much they scoop, it doesn't make much effect. <laughs> and that's what opposition is like in your life. If he gave it to me, he said, give it to them. It's like somebody have a loose spoon and they're trying to empty a whole pool. It's not going to be much effect. Taking a baby spoon, not even a teaspoon, not even a tablespoon. Taking a baby spoon and trying to empty a swimming pool. At most they're going to get is a few ripples from dipping it in. And it might make a puddle right there where they just kept dropping it. But if you're going to be in the will of God at the end of the day, there's not much to the opposition when you're in the will of God. There's a difference when you're not. When you're in the will of God, there's not much to the opposition. Not, well, it's not much the opposition can do when you're in the will of God. So when I say put opposition in perspective, sometimes you have to just remind yourself that the people, person, things, stuff, whatever that's opposing you didn't call you. They didn't give you what you heard from God. It's just opposition. The original instruction didn't come from the opposition. It came from your father. 
The original instruction came from your heavenly Father. Sometimes we forget that opposition didn't call us. God called you. And here's another thing about opposition. Have you noticed opposition wasn't there when you needed them? So why are you giving it all the attention? Why are you giving it more influence than it has? It wasn't there when you needed it. They only show up when it's time to oppose something. <laughs> That's what opposition does. By the time that I needed them, they weren't there. The time, just think about it. The time that you needed them, they weren't there. The ones that supposing you. Again, remember what I'm talking about. Keeping opposition in the proper perspective. You have to sometimes remind yourself that your commitment is not to who opposed you. Did you hear me? Your commitment is not to the one that's opposing you. My commitment is to what God says. Because for some of us, we want to call the person who opposes you. You want to meet with the person that opposes you. You want to sit down with the person who opposed you. You want to go round and around and around with the person who opposed you. You want to even reason with the person that opposes you. But that wasn't the instructions. That wasn't the original instruction. You forgot them. You've been distracted. God never told you in the destruction now, I mean in the instructions, okay, now this is, you know, you're going to be opposing. Now take two or three weeks uh, of your life, sit down, and just keep meeting with all of your opposition until they stop opposing you. <laughs> Here's the thing about opposition, so you'll know. Opposition is always going to oppose you. And if you look at the root of opposition, it is opposite. That's the root of op uh, uh, opposition, is opposite. So people who oppose you, if you change and take the opposite of that, they're going to change too and still oppose you. I see, my, I see my grandson and granddaughter, and it's just opposition after opposition. What do you want for breakfast? Isaiah, little Isaiah, wait. Layla said, I want pancakes. He said, I want biscuits. Next day, what do, want, what, what do you want for breakfast? Layla, I want biscuits. Dada, I want pancakes. It's just, told, because opposition, if you change, they're going to change too. It's going to be opposition. Layla, what do you want for... I want enchiladas. Dada, I want beans. Just whatever. It's, I, I say, is it always something different? I want red. I want blue. And then, and what gets me is, little Isaiah waits. What do you want? So I can just do the opposite. It's like that movie that we used to... We look at... What is it... Um, the uh, King Arthur 
you know, when they were getting ready to fight and stuff, and then they was like, okay, what are we going to do? And they all on the battlefield, and the cops said, you four of against. against. They looked at each other. He said, I'm four. They said, well, okay, we're against. It was just opposition. Whatever you got, if you would have said four, we would have said against. If you would have said against, we would have been for. Opposition is always going to oppose you. So there's no getting to the end of it because if you flip, they're going to flip. So you don't give it that kind of influence. Again, putting opposition in the proper perspective. You have to put it in the proper perspective. I am prepared, letter B. When I can accept rejection. Can you accept rejection? Listen, everybody's not going to like you. Everybody won't like me. Everybody's not going to stay with you. <laughs> Why do you all get shocked when people leave or come? When, 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 see, you done forgot the original instructions. The original instructions is I'm going to strengthen you by who stays and strengthen you by who leaves. Instead of rejoicing and saying, well, thank God, we, get, we just got stronger. You'd be like, oh, really? Oh, you forgot the instructions. So you never get so tied up in anybody that's going to go against the original instructions. And some people, they so caught up in uh, somebody else, they get outside of the original instructions just because they caught up with a relationship or a friendship. Listen, everybody's not going to stay with me. <laughs> Some people are going to walk on. Some people are going to walk out on you. And if you keep reading down in First Timothy, Timothy, verse 15 and 16, everybody in Asia left him, he said. That was rejection. Go back and read it. He said, everybody left me. So I'm not surprised. I'm not shocked. I remember every time I hear anything, I'm like, I remember what God said. I go back to the original instruction. <laughs> so listen, there are times when all of us, all of us have to walk alone. But when you walk alone, know that you're not really alone because God is with you. But you can never get where God wants you to be if you can't accept rejection. If you can't accept the fact that there's going to be some people that you were counting on that are going to oppose you and reject you. I've come to terms with that. I've been in ministry long enough. Nothing surprises me. Letter C, I'm prepared for the challenge when I can see, though, see who's with me. Ooh, I love that one. When I can see who's with me, last but not least. That's when you are prepared for the challenge, when I can see who's with me. Watch this in verse 16. Verse 16. The Lord give, uh, the Lord give mercy into the house of Oniphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord granted to him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And on how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. Ah, 
Notice Paul said, enough about those that leave. Enough about those that have left. He said, this man found me. See, enough about those that, you know, me and my son, we were talking, you know, I was just kind of discussing with him some different things about what God's, you know, taking the church. And he said, you know, some people are not going to come back. I said, I'm good with that. I'm, I'm good with that. Because guess what my thoughts are, the ones that's coming. That's where you focus. You, you focus on the ones that's coming. Not the ones that left. The ones that's left, they're gone. I don't even, you know, people, they want to talk about the ones that left. I don't want to talk. What for? It don't have nothing to do with my love for them, but what for? I need to be, look, my attention is on the ones that God is going to bring. And my, my, it's on the prison ministry. It's on those people that we got to work to do, not those that left. I like Paul said, this man found me and took care of me. He ministered me and he did well by me. And that's why I'm not afraid. Let me tell you, I, I, I tell them in the office, I said, I don't need to hear nothing about what's happening with pastor's compensation. I don't care. Because let me tell you, the, first of all, the commitment's not to me. And those that, that, that hear me and those that believe in this ministry, those, let me tell you, God already done placed it on their hearts. And if they don't, if whoever don't do it, I don't care. God has taken care of me and my husband way before a pandemic. Before you said you would or would not, he will always take care of me. So I don't care about what, you know, I don't know. It doesn't have nothing to do with it. I understand what people's heart is. Some people, they, they just can't get ready for a woman to be in pastor. They were used to our founding pastor. And they can't quite get it going with that. Oh, well. That's your own challenge. And so you, so, so you lost focus. <laughs> so, you know, you, 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 don't you worry. God have people that's going to take care of me. So it doesn't matter whether you do or whether you don't. God have people that will always, just like he did with Paul. He said he ministered to me. He did well by me. He cared for me. Listen, if you're going to be prepared for the challenge, you've got to see who's with you. And ain't nothing tell you how a person is with you is when you see with their money. And if you're all caught up on a dollar, if you're caught up on tithe, if you caught up on that, let me tell you, if you if you all out of sorts with God because of just money, you're in trouble. You better let that go. If you're going to be prepared for that, you got to see who's with you. I, let me tell you, I make it my business to see everybody that, may, that assists this pandemic that supports this church to keep it going. And those that don't, I want to know. Because I need to know who's with me. Who's on the Lord's side? And who's just a filler? And those that leave or whatever. Listen, this is what you have to do. Sometimes you have to ignore the noisy minority. 
because there's always a silent majority. That's where I pay attention. My pastor taught me that. Ignore the loud minority. Oh, did you know where that? That's a loud minority. I'm focused on the silent majority. Because God is speaking to them every time they log on. God had, God had told those that need to come in here and sit that used to be here. God's given them, and it's their last, it's their, their last go around, their last little dispensation of time. You better run in here. Because the commitment is not to Church of the Living Water and it's not to Pastor Hill. It's to God and obeying Him. So I'm busy listening to the silent majority because those who are with me. Sometimes you have to not be worried about who didn't support you, who didn't care for you, who didn't minister to you, and you got to look at who did. Who did minister to you? Who did find me? Who, those who came to me at my low point, who did encourage me, who did lift me up. God always, everybody say always, sends somebody to be a blessing to me. Always. And God always sends somebody to encourage me. Always. God always, everybody say always, send somebody to lift you up. Lift me up. Why? So that you can stay focused. And when I stay focused, I keep my attention and I take my attention off of all the ones that are not with me. That takes my attention off of that because they're not going to help you do what God has called you to do. If you get caught up with those that are not doing what the will of God is, you're going to get right off. Put your focus on those who are with you because these are the people you can count on. These are the people you can count on to minister to you, to minister with you, and help you get to the place where God would have you to be. Those are the ones. Church, listen. I want you to know the challenge is not COVID. Know that. The challenge was never Donald Trump. The challenge is not a political party. The challenge is not Congress can't get along. The challenge is not the economy. The challenge is not black lives matter, no lives matter, all lives matter. The challenge is not people marching and protesting. They think it is. The challenge for us is can I stay focused with all of it going on? That's a challenge for you. Staying focused when all of this is going on. Can I stay focused on the instruction in the midst of these difficult times? The challenge is not whether the market goes up or down. The challenge is not whether that we assemble in this house or in our homes. The challenge is not whether, listen, you meet in a classroom, listen to you all this in school, or meet online. The challenge is 
What did God say to you? That's your challenge. So I need to take my eyes off of CNN. Take my eyes off of Fox. Take my eyes off of MSNBC. I need to take my eyes off of NBC, CBS, ABC, all of that. What you see, what they see, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I need to take my eyes off of that. And go back and say, before all this happened, God, before there was a pandemic, God gave me a word. He spoke to us over a year ago. He spoke to our hearts. And you got to rein that back into your mind. Say, nope, I'm getting that back into my mind. Find out his original instructions. The original instructions. You had to have to go all the way back three years, two years. What is the original instructions? And say, God, what, how do I do what you call me to do in this dispensation of time that I find myself in? I have to stay. Now I recognize that my biggest challenge is just staying focused. Stop looking at the actual thing. Oh, this is going to really be a challenge. No, your challenge is to stay focused. I don't care what it is. Remember what I said about my grandson? The challenge wasn't soccer. I had to get his focus off of what was happening. It, it, it wasn't the challenge for him. He got caught up and all focused because it was raining. So all these things that are happening in your life and things that are coming up in your life, you that's not your challenge. Because life is hard. Things are going to come up. My challenge is when it comes up, can I stay focused? That's how you will be winning at work. Stop getting frustrated with, with, I can't fix it, and where's the answer to this? Get your, get your mind off of the actual thing and, put, and focus it. I've got to stay focused. I've got to stay focused. And then you'll find the answer. Stop talking to people that's going to get you off focus. I can tell people that are off focus. Their minds on everything else. They're talking about everything else, but what they should be talking about. They, they're talking about doing everything else, but what God can do everything else, but do what God say. I can do everything else. I can go to work. I can go to the store. I can do all kind of things, but when it comes to what God told me to do. can't do it. Because why? I'm not focused. And see, people think they focus because they stream. You can be eyes wide open and stream every Sunday and be asleep. And be asleep. Not awake. Not aware of anything. Not alert about anything. Can't, I mean, not able to respond to anything. But that it was good. That's all you can say. But can never, never see it actualized in your life. But now it's time to say, if I'm going to be prepared, I must be prepared for the challenge.
every day you will have a challenge. Some is bigger than that. And the older you get, the more the challenge will be. Don't think you're getting off. You're not getting off. Everybody can't wait to grow up and everybody want to go. You just, you just get yourself ready for challenges. Because that's what's coming. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.